Welcome back to Quick Coco. I'm Billy Vaymoso and I'm your host. So today we have a very special guest coming all the way from Melbourne via Zoom is makeup artist and extraordinaire Tom Gray. Welcome. <laughs> Such a fancy intro. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, really good, really good. As good as we can be, obviously, with all that's been happening with COVID, obviously, especially over the last five days. Um, yeah, we've been really good. Oh, what have you been well, doing really while lockdown has been happening? Um, this last lockdown, I literally um, just kind of, I suppose, trying to get my mental health in order. Um, yeah. Because... I think just during the last lockdown, you know, it was a big hit to everybody, not just me, just not, not just myself. Um, but obviously we've had that teaser where we've been open for the last, I don't know, three or four months. And I've just been working like crazy. Um, and I've been so thankful for all my clients. Like literally they've just been coming in like droves, which is awesome. Um, but it, it's, um, it kind of made me aware that I wasn't quite ready or I'm, my mind's not, um, like I've just been covering my mental health with the band-aid because I, it was just so quick. Like the transition yep. was from like abs- doing absolutely nothing into like, you know, obviously full ball and like almost being in a depression. I don't know. I don't want to say depressed, but you know, it is almost like a depression. Yeah. And then obviously going straight in one day, having no clients, literally 24 hours later, having a full day of clients. And so it was, it's just been like, um, like a weird haze for the last three months. So when this five-day lockdown came, it actually uh, was a little bit of a savior for myself, in all honesty. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I just needed that little break just to kind of refresh. And so in the last five days, I've just actually been doing looks on myself, which I don't usually do. Um, but they look so good. And, oh, thanks. I, I, I struggle to do myself. Like I look at all these like amazing artists, and they're so good at doing themselves. Um, but it's something that I struggle with personally, like doing my own makeup. So yeah. I just thought, oh, you know, I've got five days, potentially maybe more. So um, I decided to just bite the bullet and do it. And it's been great. It, was, it actually was quite therapeutic and it kept me kind of, um, I suppose you could say sane in a way. And also it just made me um, kind of feel connected to everyone again. Cause I went live four nights in a row, really, really late randomly, but um. Uh, yeah, it was really good for me, for my, I suppose it's for my mental health. With makeup and stuff, it's usually the other way around too. Hey, people like, uh, good at doing their own makeup, but then they, they're not as good yeah. as doing other people. <laughs> doing other people, exactly right. And I'm like, not throwing no shade to anybody at no, all. No, no, no. Everybody's amazing. But um, yeah, like you'll, you quite often get um, two types of artists. You'll see, like, if you, you can really kind of um, notice just by looking at the social media, like, you'll have the ones where they post all themselves. So there'll just be like literally constant posts of makeup on themselves, which is great. Yeah. And then you've got the other ones like myself who don't ever post of myself. Yeah. And I just post all, like all clients. So yeah, you do get the ones that are really good at doing themselves and like not, not bad at doing others, but you know, like they're better at doing themselves. Yeah. And then you've got the others that, you know, obviously, I'm better at doing others. Uh, and like I said, myself, when I do myself, I just think, I don't even know how girls do it on themselves. Like, I feel yeah. so, you know, like, ugh, I feel so uncoordinated. 
But um, hats off to all the girls that do wing liners on themselves. I don't know how they do it. Oh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I always look like I'm like, I don't know if I look bung-eyed or I look like I've had a stroke, but it's never a good look. (laughs) I'm just being smoky eye after that. Well, let's come back to makeup, but I've... I haven't asked like anything about you. So are you able to introduce yourself, where you're from and where you live? Like this, all the basics. All the basics. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not exotic and I'm not from like, you know, Brazil or anything. I am just from New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, my name's Thomas Philip Gray. Um, I was born and bred in Auckland, New Zealand, in East Auckland. Um, I grew up in Howick. Oh. Um, in Pakaranga area. Oh. East oh, you went to school there. <laughs> you what? I went to school there, but keep going. <laughs> Wait, what, what school did you go to? I went to Howick Intermediate. We were those oh. Southside kids on that bus cool. that would go. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't as fancy. I went to Pakaranga, so I was like the in-between. <laughs> oh, cute. Um, but yeah, I grew up in, 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 in East Auckland. Um, pretty much lived there. Uh, with my grandparents my whole life, just myself, my grandma and my granddad, and sometimes an auntie here and there, you know, as they come home when they need help. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I always had one auntie in and out all the time. Um, But yeah, I pretty much grew up my whole life. And then when I was um, in my late, um, and my grandma, I should also add, um, she was a stroke victim. So um, when I was really, really young, she had a severe stroke. So she was um, disabled as far as I can remember, um, but quite self-sufficient. Like she could, you know, she had taught herself to do stuff. Um, yeah. So she was, you know, she was fine. She could walk around. Obviously it was a, quite a severe hobble. Um, she taught herself to rewrite her left hand, to do, you know, to cook with her left hand because her whole right side was completely gone. Um, but yeah, so that was us until I was about 16 and my granddad decided to leave, unfortunately. Um, he had been you know, having side parts on the side, um, side, um, side hustles. <laughs> um, so he decided to be true to himself and I've not, um, I've never been, um, angry at him for doing that. You gotta be true to yourself and it's better to be true to yourself than to hurt others in, yeah. you know, in, in the path of your decisions. So he, um, he went off and it was just myself and my grandma and then an auntie moved in. So for, from 16 onwards, it was pretty much just myself and my grandma. Um, I looked after her pretty much until she died about four years ago. Yeah. So I took it everywhere. Obviously, I brought it here. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so in my late 20s, I got a, um, obviously, I started working in Mac. Um, well, I started doing makeup randomly. Um, and then I got a job at Mac and I worked for them for many years. And then I transferred here. And I brought my grandma with me um, and then we settled here. So I've been here for, I've been in Melbourne for 12 years now um, and love it. Love, love, not so much just Melbourne. I do love Melbourne, but I just love Australia. Um, It's definitely become home now. So especially with my grandma gone and she's been been scattered locally, uh, it definitely Mm. is home now. So (laughs) yeah, I was like, oh, do you want to go home when she passed? She's like, no, I don't want to go home. Just scattering like wherever you are. So so Australia is now officially home. but yeah, that's pretty much me. And then I just work, uh, I worked at Mac for 10 years, 10 long years, um, which is why I become um, as good as I, I think I am. Um, it was due to the company being, you know, obviously trading me for so long. And then, 
once I finally left, it, it was a hard decision to leave, but pretty much got uh, forced out. So I had to do this for, you know, like freelance. There was no other job for me. I wasn't going to work in anything else other than um, makeup. So I had to force myself to freelance. And this is me now four, five, maybe five or six years later after leaving Mac. Um, haven't looked back, which is amazing. Um, so it blows my mind to know that I do what I do every day. Yeah. I want to call it, did you always have a, like when you were younger, did you always have a passion for makeup or did it just come to you when you were older? It kind of fell in my lap, to be honest with you. Like I didn't, um, I didn't have any, um, like I wasn't that kid that, you know, stole my mum's makeup and, you know, went in the bathroom and, you know, because um, my mum obviously wasn't around and my grandma never wore makeup, so I never really had that kind of um, experience. Um, it just randomly fell in my lap. I used to work at a bar in Auckland. I don't know if you've ever heard of it called Bar of the Stars. Um, it was like an old karaoke bar in Hobson Street, and I was I worked there for quite a few years because um, I had left school to work there. And then when they closed down three years later, I kind of was felt I was kind of left with like the um, like the feeling like I had nothing to fall back on. Like everybody else had, um, obviously everybody has their plans when they leave school, they usually go to uni, they get some sort of trade or whatnot. Whereas I never did. I left school, I went and worked at a bar. Um, I got my bar manager's license, but that's as far as I kind of went in terms of trade. So I was kind of like, what am I going to do after this bar's closed? I don't want to do bartending again. So um, I went to a random, what do you call it? Um, uh, like a like an expo, like a oh, um, yeah, like a careers expo, and um, yeah. I saw this big place. Could uh, I don't know if you've heard Cutabove. You know Cutabove. Shout out to Cutabove in Auckland. Um, I saw their their little stand. Randomly was like looking at it, and I was like, you know what, like maybe I should kind of look at doing something like that. I've never even thought of doing it, but I had thought of doing hair rather than doing makeup. So um, I went to the open day, went to sign up for hair. And then as I was signing up for hair, this lady knocked at the door uh, and she was the makeup, the head of makeup department. I didn't even know they yeah. had a makeup department. <laughs> and um, she just was borrowing a stapler and she was looking at me and then looking at the lady. And she was like, they made some sort of face and some sort of gesture. And I, you know, me being a young 19 year old, you know, with a bit of sass, <laughs> I'm just like, what? <laughs> I was like, what did you say? <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh, sorry. No, I was just asking what you were um, signing up for. Um, and then the lady replied, oh, yeah, he's signing up for hair. And then she was like, oh, no, no, you don't look like a hairdresser. You look like a makeup artist. And I was like, I looked at her and I looked at the lady and then the other lady looked at me. We were just looking at each other like, so I just kind of said to her, oh, can I have a look at the makeup department? And then, so she took me to the department and the minute the, the doors opened, it was like a light switched on. Yeah. And then and that was it. I, I went back to the office and changed the paperwork and signed up for makeup and that was it. Wow. A bit of a draining story, but literally that's how I had No, it. I love it. Um, what do you call it? Obviously <laughs> the industry's changed like completely since, since that time since like only like two years ago but um, <laughs> yeah I, um, I studied in 2003 wow yeah a long time ago but yeah it definitely has changed since then 
What are the biggest differences that you find with like makeup artists now and from when you were starting up? Huge differences would have to be um, obviously there's a lot more product um, these days. Like there's so much more um, options, so many more. Like in terms of skincare, there's just there's just so much. Like back in the day, it was pretty much just moisturized. There wasn't even a prime. We, we didn't yeah. really prime. Mm-hmm. It was literally just moisturizer, foundation, even concealer wasn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like you just put foundation everywhere. Yeah. And then you just put powder. So like there's so much more to makeup these days, so many more steps. Um, the techniques have changed immensely. Like there's so much more like, and, the and, and if you learn, yeah, the tools are just ridiculous. Like. You know, back when I studied, we didn't we didn't have half the brushes that are available now. Like, you know, obviously there's so much more shapes and uh, even fibers. The fibers are so different to when, like, when I was at. Well, they were pretty much plastic. Like brushes were plastic. Everybody got their brushes from the body shop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no shade, body shop, but you know. <laughs> But yeah, like things have um, changed hugely in terms of, um, you know, things like that and technique and, and all that. So it's a really good idea if you are a makeup artist that's older like myself, um, it's always good to stay really, stay really like current by doing as many online courses or like, you know, short courses or, or lessons with other artists. Even if the other artist is half your age, just don't, you know, don't let that get in your pride, you know. Like I've done, I've done lessons with a girl who's like nineteen. I'm like, um, I'm old enough to be your dad. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like it, it, you've got to stay current, otherwise you lose. But you lose in this game, you know. Yeah. What was it like being? Were you like the only brown male yeah. in in like class and like in the industry? Like when you were starting up as well. When I um, I think the the one thing that drew me to Cut Above is they're this, they're very much kind of marketed towards Pacific Islander um, people. So I did I felt really drawn to them, even though um, my upbringing was the complete opposite. Obviously, as you would know, growing up east, it's very white, <laughs> like yeah. very very white. Yeah. So like I didn't have I literally have like two island friends my whole life. The rest were all like white girls and whatnot. So. Um, as I got older, I started yearning for that kind of desire to be around Islanders and Polly's. Like, literally, like, I just can't, you know, I, can't, I just needed to be around them. It was like, I needed just to be there. So, um, yeah, so kind of a really um, kind of drew me in in terms of that because they had a huge Polly kind of base. So, um, in class was fine. Like, it was really... Um, you know, I felt really confident. Everybody was great. You know, heaps of brown, like not so much guys. There was a couple, but not many. But when I moved on to uh, like into the industry, that was a huge, massive shock to my system. <laughs> like a massive shock to my system. Yeah. Um, my first job before working at Mac was working at a um, a pharmacy at um, Sylvia Park. Again, a really another another really whitewashed kind of area. Um, and like, I really had to tidy myself up to, to blend in. Like it took a yeah. lot to get me to feel, oh, I, I still wouldn't even say I felt comfortable. Like it just, you know, I like, had to get like the most like immaculate 
pants and and shoes and i wanted to make sure that my shoes were like all the other guys like i didn't want to stand out i wanted to blend in you know yeah. so yeah. i just was like trying to fit in in any other way possible and i stood out like a sore thumb not only being an islander but also doing makeup and also being overweight i've always been chubby so it was just like there was no way i'm in hell i was going to blend in <laughs> but i tried <laughs> for many many years to try and blend in and then when i hit mac that was it like that was when i really had to just figure out like who i was in the industry because like you know you really had to either have some sort of an image or you weren't accepted within the industry um yeah. they didn't they didn't outcast me for being brown which is awesome um but, and i think also because growing up at east i kind of had that whitewash kind of vibe so i, yeah. I did fit in in that kind of way um but being the only male working on a makeup counter and being brown and being overweight was really really hard especially when like when you're working in the city and all that kind of stuff just um being looked at as like different like constantly it's like people would stop at the window and take photos what yeah like all the time and here i was thinking they were taking photos of the max tool and then i noticed they were like i noticed the cameras were like aimed at me like why am i i was like um do they think i'm a celebrity <laughs> but yeah like it's, it's it was definitely something yeah <laughs> i had this funny um experience when i was working at mac in the city in melbourne um and this is at mac keep in mind these two like white ladies come running up to me and they were like literally in hysterics like oh my god oh my god you're you're that guy and i'm like standing there like what the hell and all my other colleagues are standing around like what's going on they're like you're napoleon you're napoleon purtis and i'm like girl no <laughs> i was like first of all i am standing in a mac store wearing a mac <laughs> uniform <laughs> I'm not Napoleon, Napoleon person. No, you are, you are. I swear you are. And then all my colleagues had to come over and like be like, no, girl, he works at Max, so clearly he's not Napoleon. They're like, oh, but also, so much like him. Like, yeah, I, I know. I'm like, um, my melanin is real. <laughs> <laughs> this tan is real, girl. <laughs> But yeah, that was one of the funniest, like, funniest moments that's ever happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, what do you call it? What, ha, at that point, had your... Because I haven't even asked you, how, how do you identify as well? Oh, gay. And had that yes. been a conversation? Like, obviously, like, we're with like... With Yeah, with a fam, yeah. Um, I wouldn't so much say a conversation. It's kind of like it was just a given, like everybody knew. Um, and it was like widely accepted, which was awesome. And that's why yeah. I feel like I have a really interesting, well, not interesting, but a different upbringing to a lot of other gay kids because like it was, it was almost like a, it was almost like it was never, a, um, there was no need to talk about it because it wasn't an issue. Like it's, yeah. there's no need, to, like we had like, my, my grandma had a couple of gay, you know, a couple of gay brothers. We always had like, you know, my aunties were there, you know, their gay, you know, sidekicks. So they were everywhere. And then my granddad was like the manager at like the warehouse and he had heaps under him, you know, like he had, he had loads of them that worked for him. So it was just, 
around us constantly. My grandparents never once thought it was ever an issue that you needed to talk about it. Yeah. Because it That's just so cool. was like normal to them. Yep. Um, but like the one time, like, because I, I never felt like I had to talk about it, but there was yep. one experience where I had an ex that I had moved away to Christ, to live with him in Christchurch. Um, and I'd never once spoken about a relationship ever in my life with my grandparents. Um, and then when this relationship went downhill and I was left in Christchurch with no family, no friends, and he had kicked me out, um, I rang them in tears, but like, I almost wasn't sure like if I even had, like, I don't know, I didn't know how I was feeling about telling them because even I was still unsure about talking to them about love because we hadn't, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if they were on board yet, but that was the moment when then I realized that they really don't give a shit. Like, yeah. they were just like, you know, you know, my grandma was like, I was like bawling, hadn't said a word. I was just crying. And my grandma was like, you know what? You tell that piece of shit to like, you know, shove it up his ass. And, and she's like, we'll send you home. Like we'll buy you a ticket to come home. Don't even worry about him. So that was the moment where like I was in, I probably was like 20, maybe 22. So like I'd always felt comfortable in my own skin with my family, but this was the first time I had kind of felt really accepted as a gay man um, yep. with my grandparents because I could feel like, you know, um, I could talk to them about anything to do with relationship. Um, and my mum as well. My mum has always been in my life. Um, she gave me to my grandparents when I was young and I chose to stay with them. Yep. Um, so I saw my mum, you know, maybe like twice a year. She lived in Australia, in Melbourne um, the whole time. And even her... Like, I had no issues talking to her about anything to do with, you know, guys, men, boys, whatever. So I had a very, very, very great experience growing up, which I was very, very blessed. Thank God. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd, and I, I can't even, like, I had no issues at work. I had no issues at, like, you know, like, studying. I had no issues anywhere, which I was really, really lucky. So uh, I feel very blessed in that way. Yeah. And I think it's important that we had you on today too. And I had no idea that that was your experience. And I think I've only had one guest who's had a similar experience to you. And so it's always like such a shock and I get like chills. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so like different, like from what we're it used is. to hearing. It is. Especially when I'm um, like, you know, especially with our poly like families, obviously it's different. Like, especially with Sa, you know, with, because I identify as like Samoan mostly um, and I'm a quarter Maori and on the Sa side it's like something that's accepted but isn't like it's yeah it's it's really kind of weird, weird. yeah yeah obviously with fuffers and all that they're like you know it's it's a thing but then when it comes down to the actual like nitty-gritty of a fuffer is a man dressed as a woman who identifies as you know that's when it all kind of starts to pull apart and yeah unfortunately a lot of our poly um, families, you know, when it becomes real and what it really is, it's hard for them to accept and it's really sad. Yeah. What was the, did you, were you in the scene when you were in Auckland at all? Like, the gay scene? <laughs> like, re like really, 
kind of a really short stint. So basically, when I first, I suppose you could say came out, but I didn't really, um, I started hanging out with a whole group of, you know, other gays as well. And I would have been maybe like 18, 17, 18. And they took me to all the gay clubs back, the, you know, back then. And it, it quickly kind of showed me that I didn't fit in, like at all. I didn't fit in. It wasn't for me. Um, I don't listen to techno, you know, oomph oomph stuff. Um, I don't take drugs. I don't do, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And obviously, if you're familiar with the gay scene, it's very much a, you know, quite a toxic scene. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of drugs, a lot of under, a lot of under kind of stuff that you just aren't aware of. And it just wasn't me. So I, I, I was in the scene for probably about maybe two years. And then when I fell out with these particular people, that was it. That was completely like the scene was gone. It's almost like they all shut me out, shut me out, <laughs> me and my other friends. And that was it. So we weren't accepted in the scene and we didn't go clubbing. Or we we stayed straight clubbing for the rest of our, most of our lives until like, like maybe 25 to 27 or 28, we started going back to family. <laughs> We went back to family and that's when we started seeing the same people that we used to see when we you know, when I was like early 18, 19, 20s. Um, and they were still unaccepting of us. Like it was so interesting just because we weren't like them. And now by this time, a lot of them had either passed away from, you know, various diseases or mm -hmm. they, was, they were really sick or yeah. and they were drug addicts. So addiction, like it was yeah. interesting. The addiction... Uh, and all polys, um, and I'd never in a million years had ever thought that polys ever even like had that kind of like it was so interesting to see polys in oh that gosh, way. I thought you meant there were white people. <laughs> no, they're all polys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were like a group of polys that were like a really um small niche in the industry. So, like, they they were really well known, like, um, girls back in the day or drags. Um, that I kind of clung to for a little bit, and then, yeah. But I don't even know where they are now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, it was a really, it was really interesting kind of seeing that because it's definitely something that kind of kept me in the straight and narrow because I, that is not me. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? You were saying all of that, and I just have a, I have a similar experience. Like I tried to like hang and then like it just wasn't for yeah. me either and i just felt like yeah. a goody two shoes even though i even i wasn't even it was just yes it, it was just oil and water like it was just a different scene to what i was used like, to like i'm like don't get me wrong like you know i'm shady as yeah like, yeah yeah and yeah. i can like you know i can read the house down but like, yeah when it comes to that like, yeah it's not me like yeah, yeah you know my drug of choice is like mac is you know <laughs> mac is and mac yeah, macas and makeup is my drug of choice. <laughs> like I don't yeah. even drink. Like, oh, like wow. when I say I don't drink, I you know I'll, I'll have a cocktail here and there, or I'll have a glass of wine at a dinner. But like, yeah. I, I never go beyond that. Like, I yeah. just, I'm, it's not that I'm against it. I just actually feel sick. Yeah. Like after a couple, yeah. like I can handle one, I could maybe handle a second, but when it gets to my third and fourth, like I start to feel really, really ill. So yeah. I just think oh, it's easier than, um, you know, I'd rather just go stuff my face with Maccas or Hungry Jacks. <laughs> As you can tell, I love food. <laughs> oh, same, same, same. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like freaking out because you, like, I literally had like a group of friends that I met like through clubbing 
and then mm. we um were going out like all the time like every weekend um yeah and then it just stopped and then Fizzled i and I hadn't seen them for like a good 10 years. Like a few of them I kept in touch with yes. because, but like, and then I saw them, like I started seeing them again last year. Like, <laughs> was this the, back in Auckland? No, here. So I, here. I came when I was 15 to Australia. Oh, okay. yep, yep. And so I've never yes, so really gone clubbing in New Zealand at all. Yeah. Oh, you didn't miss anything, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah like, like you said, like it was, um, especially like, you know what you just said before like it just kind of stopped that like moment that it stopped you 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 almost like left like feeling like what did i do yeah like, that's always me I too was, yeah me too i'm like did i do something no you didn't do anything <laughs> you're just like 100 just explain yourself yeah what star sign are you what was that oh i'm a what star sign Bro, uh, go through. Go. I'm, <laughs> I'm a Leo, <laughs> and oh. I would like to—I'd say I'm a Leo through a dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I read all these memes about Rogers, and I'm like, how the f- did you know? <laughs> yeah, you're like, um, read is somebody me, like reading my diary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like we had a similar experience. Similar experience. Yeah, and. I, and I also, did you ever like vow to yourself that you would never be friends with like other other gay people? Like I was just like, yes. like this is oh it. I, I can't be friends with gay people ever again because they're yes. so messy. They're this and that, and yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That's so interesting you say that, and that's one of the reasons why um, I started um, trying to be more active in the poly area because it also kind of extended into like the poly kind of area of my life like I don't want to be friends with them because you know they're all messy and you know like I'm not like them that kind of yeah. thing so over the last couple of years so I've been trying to make it a conscious to make a conscious decision to you know like make sure that I am inclusive and I'm, I'm not shutting you know people out and whatnot because like it's definitely something that I don't ever want to do again because yeah like you like you said like constantly I don't want to be friends with gays was probably like my biggest one. Like I yeah. only had straight girlfriends and I only hung out with straight men, which was interesting because I don't know how they hung out with this little twink. When I was like younger, I was like this little girl. I was wearing like Erica Badu head wraps out clubbing oh. to straight clubs. <laughs> I'm not even joking with a bindi on my forehead and my <laughs> like straight guy island mates were like, my protector. I was like, yeah. how the hell did I even get in this club? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I know. Thank God I changed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're so right though. Like I had to recognize that it was kind of like self-loathing as well that I was like, can't hang out with gay people because yeah, I, we do as well with Islanders. I'm like, mm-hmm. nah, I can't like can't hang around with islanders or like you see an islander somewhere and you're just like oh no please yeah. like <laughs> yeah the quota has been met yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm not the only islander damn it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's so true um, that's so funny you should say that yeah and i think i and i was guilt- guilty of um um making my friends that uh, my girlfriends and my cousins think that way too so like when like a gay would come along like we'd meet them somewhere they'd be like oh he's too much like (laughs) (laughs) oh he's too much we could never hang out with that type of gay so that was like my fault that was my fault 
I used to be like, you know, whenever one would come along and they'd be like, oh, he was nice. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Couldn't you tell he was so rude? Like, but he wasn't rude. <laughs> did, he see the, did you see the way he looked at you? <laughs> <laughs> he was eyeing up your boots, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, like, oh my gosh, I feel like somebody has just voiced my, like, my inner secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was a recent thing too that I recognized because, um, yeah, your girl was out here with yeah hetero girlfriends and mm. loved it. And then <laughs> and then and then men and like you know hetero girls and their boyfriends and you were acting like they were your mates that made you feel more normalized. Yeah, but really those men are just their boyfriends. Yeah, <laughs> and they're only your friend because they are dating yeah. them. And that was yeah. something that I had to recognize, you know, like I used to gloat that I had all these straight men friends to yeah. everybody. And then I realized they weren't my friends. They were just my girlfriend's partners. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not like this bad, like this badass, you know? <laughs> yeah. And even that, like that being something to be like so proud of, like that we're, fr- we're friends with all of these straight guys. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. How shame. Mm-hmm. Like how, how, like, how it's just it's so embarrassing and but now it's so nice to have like I've this is something even very new for me to have like gay friends um, and I have a few of them now which is great yeah um, and I talk to them on the daily which is so nice like it just keeps me like I don't know like I just feel really like normal now yeah. that's you know as normal as normal can be but yeah. yeah it's nice to actually have some gay friends and to have that kind of like you know that little like banter with them because you know like there's nothing like gay banter we no, banter the best yeah, not at all you know like it's so much fun. and like especially when you have that banter with somebody that has the similar interests with you you know like rupaul's drag race you know like yeah you've got that little you know connection and you're always talking about that kind of stuff like i just yeah i love it yeah. and we go for the jugular too like we oh. don't <laughs> we don't hold back <laughs> we t- yeah we don't hold back <laughs> which i think is i like i just think to myself like you know <laughs> actually maybe it's not a good thing i was, thinking, I was just <laughs> trying to justify it but then i was like maybe no, it's say not. It and i'll delete it if it's bad <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was just thinking like, you know, I think it's like a good thing that we go for the jugular because it's kind of like, you know, like we we just kind of like nip it at the butt and then there's nowhere to go from yeah. there, but up. Yeah. <laughs> and like my, my dad would always say that your siblings would be the ones to tell you if you're, you have toilet paper on your shoe and stuff, but like gays just do it, like just to other people, like because, you know, like yeah. they're being, they're honest like, about shit. They won't let you yeah. walk around looking crazy. Exactly right. Like, would like, there's no, there's no, like, oh, don't tell her that her aunt, you know, her undies are, you know, like, we literally yeah. will go out and pull, we'll pull the, un- the, the dress out of the undies, yeah. and then they'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm like, girl, I got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my friends are always like, you know, my friends are those girls that always pull me into the toilets at clubs. They're like, come in. I'm like, no, girl, please. Can we just have a normal night when I'm just a boy tonight? Like, yeah. And they're like, just come. And then they'll yep. literally pull me in. 
and then I'm fixing one girl's eyelash. I'm redoing oh, no. like <laughs> lip liner on this girl, and then all the other girls that I've never met in my life are literally like standing in line, like, "Can you do me?" Or you know, like I'm like, "Oh my god!" So I'll be like in the toilet for 45 minutes with girls, and they'll come out like full beat. <laughs> That's how my nights end on a, you know, in the clubs. And did they pay your entry, like your cover charge? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I was like, uh, excuse me, drink? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, hang on a minute. Um, just um, just send me some money for my Maccas. <laughs> <laughs> just about to leave. Um, yeah, just about to leave. So <laughs> if you want to just send me some Maccas money, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, the toilet thing. Um, I had a really bad experience with going in the toilets because I used to go in all the time and like, mm. um, and just go with my girls and stuff. And then I just stopped going because there was one time I went, and two of my girls were hooking up with each other. Yeah. And um, yeah, and so I was looking for well, them. Was and... that first? No, they'd been hooking up. Oh, they'd been hooking up. Yeah. Yeah, but then because they went missing, I just put two and two together. They were in the bathroom. And so yeah. I went in there, like, thinking I was, like, that's my place to go. Like, I was comfortable going there. Like, I'd been there before. Like, the girls are there. And yeah. this girl was like, get out. And then, <laughs> get out. And I go, and then I try to be even gayer than I or- already was. Like, and she, goes, <laughs> and she goes, I didn't care if you are gay. Get out. And I was like, <laughs> and then, at that point, I never, like, never like, went back ever again. <laughs> that's funny that you like tried to be even gayer just to like try and justify why you were there yeah and then like, I even started like knocking on the um the cubicle so that they could the hurry cubicle. up you're like I'm just coming to yeah I was like and I didn't want to expose what they were doing but I was just like <laughs> <laughs> you're like girl I'm one of the girls <laughs> yeah literally it was so bad but I'm so scarred from it yeah, no, I don't think that'll ever happen. I'm a little bit child's that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Walking into the like, ladies' toilets. Um, what do you call it? Are you dating at the moment? I know it's been hard with COVID and stuff. <sighs> That's a funny question. Um, I haven't dated in a long time. Like, I always used to use my grandma as an excuse as to why I didn't date. Um, yeah. Obviously, because I looked after her full-time. She was pretty much a full-time job. And I was also working full time. So I literally had no time to myself. And then maybe like the last four months of her life, we had to put her into a home, which is pretty like, we don't do that in our culture. But anyways, it had to happen. It was just me. I couldn't do it anymore. It was really hard to look after her. So um, obviously that was my first time, pretty much my whole adult life I'd been alone. Um, And then when she passed, obviously, even then it's like, you know, I'm alone now. So... For years, I'd always used. She's been passed for four years now, and I've always used her as an excuse of I don't have any time. I'm just so busy. And then, funnily enough, Cribs had um, a reading with uh, a medium. I, I don't know if you know him. He's in Sydney. I think his name is Jason. Um, he's a, he's Saab one, and he does like oh, you know, I need to look him up. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. But um, she was getting a reading, and then. You know how when you're doing a live, I jumped on the live um, just to watch her get a reading. And on the live, he'll see who jumps on. And um, as he was waiting, he looked and he's just watching who's jumping on. And then he saw me jump on. He's like, Tom. And he's like looking at my name. He's like, Tom Gray, Tom Gray. He's like, yo, grandma's here. And I was sitting in there like, oh. 
was like, oh, that was quick. And then he was like, yeah, she's saying, um, stop using me as an excuse for love and now it's time to go find love. And my oh cousin my... had saw that. Yeah. Group saw that. She was like, girl, yeah. oh <laughs> she told <God>. you. <laughs> so that's all I was saying. It's a funny thing because that happened to me re- just recently, probably about three months ago that happened. So, yeah. okay, well, <laughs> so, so she's just getting ready now. Well, she said she's going to send me someone, so I don't know. Oh, my Hopefully God. Hopefully it's a mechanic or a, or a plumber, you know? <laughs> These are the ones that make coins, girl, you know? Like- oh, no, girl. <laughs> we don't need any artists up in here. We- no. <laughs> we, got, we got enough of those in this, in this relationship. We don't, have, we don't need a cook either. <laughs> and we need a cat lover. <laughs> have you ever been on any... Any apps like while you've been in Melbourne? No, I've never been. Oh, look, I'm not gonna lie. I I was on Tinder, like the straight Tinder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that was year, many many years ago, and we would do it just as a laugh. Actually, I wouldn't say many. It was probably like three or four years ago. Um, but we used to do it just as a laugh, like a group of us, and um, you know, we just sit around on a Saturday night, wouldn't leave the house, would literally just have food, watch movies but just all be on our tinders just having a like a tinder kind of date if you want and to you're call just it. like you're all like oh my gosh look at this yeah <laughs> i'm gonna just be matched or you know like <laughs> oh, should i talk to him you know uh, and because obviously i was a guy i didn't like i kind of felt left out because mm. they didn't they weren't really interested in like what i was matching with so i decided yeah. to get on as a girl obviously done up um and we're just like you know, have a laugh. Um, that was interesting. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I never, I've never have been on Grinder or Scruff oh, or anything. Oh my like God. never. Yeah. I don't, I think the reason why I've never been on it is because, um, it's just not something that's like you know, in, in my generation, we never did that. It's just a bit mm-hmm. weird for me to like to hook up with a stranger or to even just meet up with a stranger. Like it's so yep. like, I'm so, I'm such an introvert, like meeting someone just by like, you know, on a, on a message or whatever, like it's, it gives me anxieties. Like I'd rather just meet somebody on, on the, you know, just be out randomly, start yep. chatting and then, you know, but you know, I have to actually be out of my house to do that. Yeah. Which never happens. So. <laughs> but yeah, like I've never had, a, I've, never, I've never been on any of the apps or anything. But you know, or maybe maybe it's time. Maybe that's what grandma was saying. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she was like, girl, you need to get that app. <laughs> what else is there other than those two? So I've only used Grinder and Tinder. And yes. um Wait, did Tinder have a gay Tinder? Yeah, but you can um do like looking for men. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Um but I don't know how recent that was because uh, I think I was I matched. I've met was I've met only one person from Tinder and it was there in Melbourne. Um, oh, yes, I lived there in 2014, so they had like that. Oh, three. that's right. Because um, you know somebody that I I done her makeup. Yeah, was that you? Well, yeah, so when I lived in Melbourne, um, we had like my auntie's 40th and then my aunties yeah. needed to get their makeup done at High Point. Yeah. You were, I think yeah. you were working there. And the only reason why I remember you is because you were the brown 
makeup artist at Matt. And so, <laughs> and then when I kept looking at your profile, I was like, you look so familiar. And that's why I like, was I like, him. I know him. But yeah, those are the days I love Melbourne. Like Melbourne is still my dream city to live, but. Really? Yeah. I find it, I find it really interesting, like when people, cause you are in Brisbane, right? Yeah. That everybody loves either Sydney or Brisbane. Like they would much rather be in those states what? than here. No yeah, way. that's the kind of feel that I get. It's like everybody likes. Obviously, they you you know you all have great, like you know there's something great about everybody's state. But mm-hmm. I just feel like everybody like moans about Victoria. <laughs> oh, wow. I hate the weather. Oh, yeah. it's, oh, so it's a weather. And I'm like, is that all? Yeah. You're so weak. Like everything's going on <laughs> in Melbourne. Like there's always something happening. Like when I lived there, like I was doing something every day. And I'm also an introvert, so that was a big deal for me to like. And I feel comfortable like walking around in like real fashion, like and like yeah. out there shit. Like instead over here, like people just like looking at you, and all I'm wearing like is like a is. leopard top. <laughs> yeah, just so true. <laughs> Melbourne is definitely um this very fashion kind of focused, I suppose you could say. Yeah, which is a good thing. Yeah, but yeah, it's so interesting that you you know I was just you know I always find it really interesting when people say. They love Melbourne, you know, I've lived there. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's the best. Um, what do you call <laughs> it? I have a few, like, wait, do I? Did I write it down? I have a few quick fire questions, if you don't mind. Cool. Ooh. And then we can wrap it. They're not that interesting. And you, <laughs> and, you already, and you already answered one, too. I had Grinder or Tinder. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say Tinder. <laughs> Okay, so the first one is um, one beauty product you can't live without. One beauty product I can't live without. Um, I'd probably say, oh gosh, moisturizer. Oh, what's your favorite skincare line? Uh, Fenty. Um, favorite Beyonce album. Four. <laughs> Choice. Favorite Beyonce song? Um, uh, Dance for You. Oh my god, I love that song. Um, That's my jam. Like, doesn't it just get you into the mood to do something? Bro, like, I don't know what. But I want to like, turn the lights off. And... Yeah. <laughs> like, even if I'm in bed and I'm like, I put my um, hug. Yeah. Literally, and then I'm doing every pose under the sun. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> What's something you can't leave home without? Well, I mean, it's cheesy, but my phone. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, but other Sephora? than my phone, I'd probably say something like um, my Fitbit. Oh, love that. Not that I'm exercise conscious, but... But those are cute. They come, like, there's really cute ones. <laughs> yeah, and I just feel really like, I don't know, I feel fit when I wear it. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Fitspo. Come on, Um, Next one is Sephora, Morphe, or Mecca. Now I would say I would say Mecca, Um, Morphe. Oh wow! So if you had asked me this a while ago, I probably I probably would have said Sephora. Yeah. But now Morphe has definitely become like more of a forefront for me, so I would say Morphe now. Wow, I love that. Mmm. I was not expecting that. Um, Fenty <laughs> Beauty or Matt? Fenty, by far. 
Oh my gosh, that was a lot of fun. Yay. What's your favorite thing about Fenty products? And what is your favorite um, product? I, pr- I honestly own everything that's ever been released from Fenty. Yeah. That's how much of a fan I am. And it's not even because it's obviously like, it can become a little bit gimmicky, you know, like because you yeah. just want to buy whatever's new. But yeah. I always want to not only buy whatever's new, but I also know that whatever she's releasing is good because mm-hmm. she has a really good company behind her that yeah. make quality products. Mm-hmm. So it's I not know just it's a celebrity line. Like, it's no, like, it's not yeah. like Kylie Cosmetics who uses one of the cheapest Die. production. You know, you know? So it's not one of those. <laughs> It's an actual. <laughs> she gets a made so, with BYS. Is um, made. Um, what? <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Elf cosmetics. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but um, I just love the innovation of her products. Um, I love the quality of her products. Her packaging is always fire. So always. Pretty. So pretty. Alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And everything feels quality. Everything feels expensive. But they all the the main like kind of thing about her products is they work. Contrary to people's beliefs, some people would like to you know say that you know this doesn't work. Off. Um, they work, but you need to know how to use them correctly, yep. and that's the key. Yep. Because yep. her products are designed solely, unfortunately, are. But um, she's obviously not going to write it on her products. But they are designed for us. They're designed for brown skin. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. of course, a lighter skin girl isn't going to love the product because mm-hmm. it's not going to work or perform as well on her. Yeah. So there are ways that you have to kind of work the product to make it work on her, but it'll yeah. work just as well. Like mm-hmm. I, I still use her foundations on fairer skin girls. And they look bomb, but there are, you know, I have to tweak it. Two ways, yeah. And then, you know, I'll use the same foundation on a dark skin girl. They don't need as much tweaking, if any, and looks just as bomb. So if you know how to work her products, you will absolutely love them because, yeah, they're they're such good quality. Yeah, it's crazy because I watch, like, I don't even wear makeup, but I watch, like, makeup stuff and, like, people applying makeup and, like, whenever she Mm. has a drop, like, you know, all the influencers start doing their reviews and Mm -hmm. there's, like, a stark contrast on how, like, the white influencers um, review her stuff, like, Mm -hmm. especially, like, it literally never works for them, like, they just... Never. But because they don't want to throw her under the bus because she's Rihanna and, like, the Navy will come for them they yeah. won't go in on it and no. but you can tell it's not their favorite product no and and they'll they'll be like gracious about it yeah and they'll be like oh you know like i think it'll be great for somebody like maybe of you know a darker skin tone it's not quite for me but i know somebody will love it you know they're very like diplomatic yeah. about it but it's you know it's unfortunately it is more designed for us brown skin um which is fine because you know they have many other yeah. lines I mean, out there for them we have to work harder on with their products so exactly so <laughs> these like everything is a dream on our the only thing i wish she would make is a serum um yeah. like a glow serum that would really finish off her line because yeah. that's that's the one thing i think is needed in her line is a serum everything else is is perfection yeah i love it 
Um, okay. And so, so if last... any Fenty people out there like want to um, hire me. <laughs> you and M's. You and M's would be so yes. good. <laughs> hire us. <laughs> um, so I have one more question for you. Um, yes. What is what is some advice that you would like to give to um, young brown kids like us who grew up um, gay <laughs> and um, who may be struggling with their identity? Well, that's a hard one. There's so many like avenues you can take, but I'd probably say the most kind of, um, I would just say for anybody who is struggling with their identity out there, um, it's to just is is to talk about it. Obviously, you need to find a really good support system. You know, like a group of friends, who are, you know, if you've got a gay uncle, somebody just you know have some sort of support system where you can talk about how you're feeling. Especially if you um, if it's just if you're new to this whole thing and you just don't know what the hell you're doing, um, it is good to have that kind of conversation with somebody to just to kind of air it out. So you can kind of just talk about it as a whole and just be like I, you know you can kind of see everything as you're speaking if that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. like okay like it makes more yeah. sense when it comes out when you when you talk yeah, about it totally. rather yeah. than having it bottled in your head um but yeah i'll just say you just need to talk about it as much as you can because that's something that i didn't do when i was younger it's something that i kept very like within myself it didn't affect me but like it's just definitely something that i think i should have done was just spoken about my sexuality more um yep. that way i wouldn't have to go on through the issue of being like oh i don't want to hang with them gays i'm not that kind of gay you know yeah. like that's um, me i would yeah. be more accepting <laughs> of myself yeah exactly like yeah. i'm not that kind of gay yeah. uh, i would be more well more accepting of myself as a as a gay poly if i had surrounded myself with um, like-minded people and also i was more open about my sexuality and talked about it more so if you can find that support system to talk um even if um and also i'd also say like um like try not to be so serious about it do you know what i mean like it can feel like it's the like the biggest thing in the world to dwell on um but it really isn't like it's just mm-hmm. such a small thing on a broader spectrum in life like this yeah. sexuality is it's just a thing you know it's like it's, it, it, it's, if you can kind of get over that and realize oh there's so much more to life than just my sexuality mm-hmm. then then everything can kind of fall into line a lot more yeah easier is if you can just get past that bump and come back to it maybe like put it on in your back pocket if you can but if it is that you know if it is one of those things that because i do know a lot of people get affected by it so you know so much especially these days i think our young um kids they have so much more than what we have and we're um, so much more like temptation and so much more um influence it's a lot harder for them to kind of navigate so Mm -hmm. i'd probably say and also Try not. This is one thing that I tell all my friends as well. Stop following thirst traps on TikTok and Instagram. Like, this is like... (laughs) At me, why don't you? Just at me. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I just... It's something that I, I consciously did a couple months back. I was finding myself in a hole of thirst traps and then getting in this really weird, like almost like depression of oh my gosh like i don't look like that or i don't have a man like that or you know like which was starting to make me as an adult start to kind of not sure about not be sure about myself 
So I made a conscious decision. I told my friends, like, we're going to do this. Let's delete all the thirst traps that we follow. And they're like, really? <laughs> I was like, it's it's so much more healthier for you to be, to just see more positivity on your social mm-hmm. media. Yeah. Um, and obviously things that you want to aspire to or towards. So like follow things that you, you know, pages that inspire you yeah. and get you excited about life and things like that. So yeah, I would say definitely stop following these things, <laughs> these pages. These um, torsos. <laughs> these, <laughs> look, look, I may have accidentally followed a few recently, so I need to go back and, you know. No, it's like a um, spring cleaning. <laughs> exactly. And that's something that I do very often on my social media, and I think yeah. a lot of people still need to do that as well. Go through and just clean out some of the things that you don't need to be mm-hmm. seeing daily and yeah. try to be conscious of what you're following so that it does keep your spirit, you know, like as uplifted as you can be. So yeah, I would, yeah that may sound like a really long-winded no. answer. No, but not at all. <laughs> Um, I think it was Valerie Rika's, um, I don't know if you know her, but she's from here in Brisbane, but she said, like, at the, at the end of the day, we're in control of our social media, we get to choose who we see, what we see, um, mm-hmm. how our mood turns out because we've scrolled and seen stuff that we shouldn't be, yeah. like, aspiring to want to be. So, yeah, I've, I've taken that advice, but, yeah, I do follow a few. <laughs> like, I'll follow, like, a few, like, every now and then, just because, like, yeah, they're cute and then... Yeah, it's, it's hard when they're cute. You're like, okay, let's give you. Okay, yeah. girl, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, what what are your um, apps? Where can we find you on social media? Um, so you can. Uh, so I'm on Instagram, obviously, um, and it's Tom Gray Makeup Artist or Tom Gray underscore Makeup Artist. Well, I think it's Tom Gray. Oh, sorry, Tom Gray. So T H O M G R E Y underscore Makeup. You can find me on Instagram. Um, I am on um, on Facebook, but I'm really not. So I probably wouldn't even bother trying to add no, me on Facebook. Because yeah. I honestly, I can't even remember the last time I went on. To be yeah. honest with you. Facebook's um, always an afterthought. Much, it really is. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I'm on TikTok, but I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't really follow me on there either because I am really boring. I just really use it to like follow those traps. Um, yeah. And- <laughs> But yeah, just mainly Facebook. Uh, sorry, Instagram. Um, that's where you can even DM me um, for inquiries. Um, and I'm also open to questions. Feel free to ask me anything. Um, I'm one of those artists that I'm very old school, so I was taught a lot different. And obviously, I have a, quite a lot of skills that I'm happy to share. So if you yeah. have any questions about makeup in general, I've tried and I'm one of those makeup artists that have tried everything. Like I buy every. Like if you follow me on social media, you'll know that I buy everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so 90, 99% of the time, if you have an inquiry about a product, I've tried it. You've so it. feel free to ask me. <laughs> feel free to ask me about anything. I love answering, answering questions like that as well. Oh, I love that. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for um, like doing me the honor of being on the show and oh. like um, I've appreciated the combo and we have so much in common, but also. Yeah, I know. I appreciate your story too because it's something that I feel like my listeners need to hear more often. Um, that sometimes your family is okay with it, and we make a big mm. deal of it ourselves, Perfect. and they take our lead a lot of the time. Um, yes, 
So yeah, yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. But um, no, I think we'll be connecting soon. Anyways, yes. yeah. That'll be cool. That'll be really exciting. Hopefully, when I um when we can fly, um, I have to come up and visit all my friends up there anyway. So that'll be cool. Love that. But I'll be there anyways. But thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>